Hey, hop in, man. Hey, man, he's car. You know Wooderson? Oh. How's it going, man? Hey. Pretty good. How's it going with you? Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Run It Back. I'm your host, Ralph Compiano, and I am an editor at Burbs Entertainment. Today, I'm joined by my Run It Back co-host, as always, Jack Martin. I didn't come up with one. Do you want to give your own Action Bronson lyric? What, oh, what I say in the car? I don't remember. Hash got me spinning like a hula hoop. Uh-huh. A couple noodles loose from the chicken noodle soup. And then we're also joined, as always, by our other co-hosts, the unforgettable, the lovable, the Justin Long of this podcast, Evan Northrup. What's hey, up? Thank you. I'm feeling <laughs> good. Feeling good. Fe- feeling good. Just L-I-V-I-N. Uh, L-I-V-I-N. We are talking about every movie stoner's favorite st- strand of film, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused, a movie from 1993 that resonates just as well today as it did back then. Evan, you proposed this film uh, as one of our running backs. This is our fifth running back episode, I believe. Um, why is it number five, and why is it one of your favorite movies of all time? Uh... I love this movie. Like you said, it's a top five favorite movie of all time. So I'm so excited to do this. I watched this. There's so many things that make this movie great to me. I watched this movie the, going into my senior year of high school, just like the kids in the movie, which was awesome. I went in thinking it was kind of going to be, I didn't know anything about Richard Linklater or the movie. And it kind of looked by the title card like it was going to be some sort of John Hughes type deal. I thought it was maybe part of that era, which are not really my favorite movies. We don't have time to get into that, but I'm not really a big like Breakfast Club guy. Love Ferris Bueller, but and so just watching this movie was the craziest experience because my expectations were so low and it just blew me away. Everything about this movie, um, not to be too cliche, but it really reminds me of my high school experience. Sometimes um, I love the people. I love the way that Richard Linklater displays high school on screen, and I think he's the best person who's ever done it i think this is the goat high school movie um so i'm just really excited love this movie do you resonate more with slater or floyd i'd say i'm right halfway between floyd and the nerdy dude who punches the guy in the face at the end i'm like a 50 50 50 50 mix of those guys (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, I wanted to talk about him a little bit later because I think he's really underrated. Um, he Jack, what about you? You're a stoner. I guess we did Fight Club last week, so that satisfied your arsonist and yeah. your, you know, just anarchist personality. And this is the other side of the coin for you where you just go full sublime on us and lecture me about um, Indicas versus Sativas. Uh, I was going to say that Evan was Wooderson and you were Slater for this podcast. You guys I feel a little Wooderson too. So. I do yeah, feel like what is in a lot. All right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, Jack, speak your piece. I haven't the first time I saw this movie was probably around a year ago when lockdown first started. I watched it for the first time and I really enjoyed it and obviously I like that there's stoners in it and it's like a good depiction of it. Um I honestly didn't 
smoke in high school until like my senior year. I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have failed out of high school pretty quickly. Because I already didn't do anything out of just <laughs> protest, <laughs> doing homework, I guess. But I like this movie a lot. I like, I mean, Richard Linklater is obviously an incredible director. And some of the cast is laughably old. But for the most part, <laughs> especially like the incoming freshmen, they do a really good job of nailing it. And it just feels authentic. And I think that's like the biggest part of the movie. And I think that's kind of a big part of other Richard Linklater movies is that it feels authentic. It feels super real. Um, and like Evan said, it's definitely one of the best high school movies and coming of age movies. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was like, it was like one of the first movies that I ever saw. My dad showed this to me when I was way too young. I think I watched this when I was like seven or eight years old for some reason. Did you like it? I don't remember it back then, but I remember just being like, ha, ha, ha. I really like McConaughey because I remember seeing him in like a mm-hmm. Failure to Launch or something like that. I'm Fire like, movie. I'm like, oh, this guy's way younger in this. And I didn't really have a concept of movies or whatever. But um, it made me want to be cooler when I watched it in high school. Like it's just kind of one of those movies where like, Floyd is, like, such a cool central character. And, like, he's... I don't even know if you could consider him a main character because I think this movie has, like, seven of them because it just follows a whole, like, bunch of different groups. And Yeah. That, that was the thing for me is, like, it wasn't really a plot central movie. Like, I guess the plot is him signing this pledge. But, like, that's not, like, what I'm thinking about during the movie. I'm thinking about the party and just, you know, people wanting to rage. And that's what high school is. It's, like, finding a location to get together like with a whole bunch of people and i also like the just the camaraderie in the community of this movie yeah like, you could tell they had a good time making it probably had some issues because there's a bunch of people and like they probably have egos even though they're really young they're not very professional all that kind of stuff but like just the fact that freshmen are hanging out with seniors and stuff like that i mean parker posey's introduction i want to talk about that at some point is just one of the funniest fucking things i've ever seen on the screen and every time i watch it i'm appalled at the words that she uses her language is brutal she is so rude to those little girls mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Call, I, my favorite <laughs> i'll say it for later but um yeah i don't know i mean just like this movie like it rejects stereotypes but it also plays into them so like you have like the football coaches who are just the douchiest dudes alive like they're like high school football is life and yeah. then they get their players to buy into it, too. Like, Benny's like, what, bro? You're going to quit on the team? Those losers don't care about if we make it to state. And, like, you think about that now, you're like, who gives a fuck, dude? Like, yeah. at that point in your life, it seems like the biggest deal in the world. But then it rejects stereotypes because, like, it could only deal with that issue of Floyd signing the pledge. But it doesn't. It's like, let's just fucking party. And it's, it's just such a fun movie. Like, I showed my, my girlfriend I hadn't seen it before. We watched it together yesterday. And she's like, wow, this just movie made me so happy. Like, it's just, like, yeah. one thing that you can have on in the background, and it's just going to boost the aroma of the room. Um, so let's totally dive into – oh, go ahead. My bad. I was just going to say totally to that point, too. I think that's why it's one of my favorite coming-of-age and high school movies, too, is because it doesn't, like, push a plot or a narrative. It's so much like real life. And I think one of the best ways to describe that is the the Pink Floyd – or whatever his name is uh, – his character, and um, there is – is it Michelle, the girl he kisses in the woods? Um, yep. In any other high school movie, the plot would be, you know, he's breaking up with his girlfriend that he doesn't really like, and he's getting with this girl that he actually gets along with, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what this movie does. At the end, they make out in the woods, and then at the end of the night, he's at the football field with his girlfriend. And I think it just does a, such a good job of just kind of depicting real life in that way. Like, real life doesn't have a plot line. Like, things just come and go. You don't come of age through one seminal moment where something crazy happens and it turns everything around. And I love those types of movies. I love, you know, 
Easy A or something like that. But I also think it's a great moment where his coming of age is, you know, he just tears up the pledge and drives to go get, uh, what is it, ACD, ACDC tickets? Or Aerosmith. Man, Aerosmith. Yeah. Aerosmith. Um, My old favorite band. That's what I love about this movie. It feels like high school to me because there was no... There was no plot to high school. It was just events happening, um, which is really great. And I guess the central theme is, like, it's getting those Aerosmith tickets. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah, as much a like plot that. as signing the pledge. Yeah. Or, like uh-huh. you mentioned, like, they could have totally stuck to the whole, like, oh, he's breaking up with this girl and going for that one. But they skip over that. They're like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, he kissed her or whatever. Didn't do much yeah. after that. And that's all it was. Um, so the letterbox summary of this movie is the adventures of a group of Texas teens on their last day of school in 1976 centering on student Randall Floyd, who moves easily among stoners, jocks, and geeks. Uh, Floyd is a star athlete, he's the quarterback of the team, but also likes smoking weed, which presents a conundrum when his football coach demands he sign a no-drugs pledge. Uh, the Rotten Tomato score on this movie is really high, it's 92%. It's just universally beloved. I mean, it, it has its problematic issues. We don't have to talk mm-hmm. about those, because I don't think we're the people that need to talk about those things. We're just yeah. three dudes who like this movie. But, um, I mean, it's like everybody likes this movie. Like You can show it to anybody, and they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. sweet, okay, that was fun. Um, what was one word that you had to like, describe this movie? Cruising. Cruising's a good one. We spent a lot of time in cars in this movie. Yeah, to me, it's almost more than a high school movie or a stoner movie or whatever. It's or a coming of age. It's a driving movie. It's all about you know just moving around, just going with the night. I love it's it. Prequel cool, to Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. This is a Fast and Furious prequel, or a sequel to Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, same universe perhaps. Mm. I was thinking Hobbs and Shaw too. Hobbs and Shaw too, for sure. Um, what about you? What's your one word or phrase? Pack. Pack. That's what they're smoking. Facts, they are. I had bitchin'. I think this movie is so Fire. bitchin'. I'm going to start using the word bitchin' again because of this movie. Bitchin's a sick word. Bring it back. It is. It's bitchin'. So I think this might be the hardest all-film first team that we've had so far, just because, like we said, like, I mean, Affleck's O'Banion gets as much screen time as, like, Floyd, I guess, in this movie, and he has, yeah. like, plots centered around him and little schemes and all that kind of stuff so i don't know if we need to dictate which ones are guards and which ones are forwards and which one is our big i think this one might be a positionless team i think this might be the 2017 warriors so i was just gonna nominate obviously we got to have floyd maybe he's our point guard because Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say so and then i guess maybe mitch kramer as our as our two guard because like he is kind of the younger version of Floyd in a way. Like, you know, he looks mm-hmm. up to him and Floyd takes him under his wing and all that kind of stuff. Seems like he's going to yep. fill in those shoes. He's the pitcher. They're the only two people we know that what positions they play in sports. Dude, that kid's got some nice flow. He does. He is great he in this movie. He's got flow that and, I'm jealous of. And some terrible acting in certain scenes, I will say. I was going to bring this up, yeah. So Yeah, I didn't know when we should bring that up. but Let's just talk yeah. about it right now. Um a lot of these people, like, you would think that if you'd seen this movie in 1993, you'd be like, oh, this person's going to blow up. Like, mm-hmm. this person's going to have at least a decent career. Like, I would recognize their face. Jason London plays Pink, or Randall Floyd. Mm. Um, I've never seen him in anything else. I don't know what else he's in. Me neither. Um, and then whoever plays Mitch, I don't have his name pulled up right now. Wiley, Wiley Wiggins. Great name. That's a killer name. I've never seen him in anything else either. Like no, the people that stick no. out from this movie are you have McConaughey, you have Affleck, you have uh, Joey Lauren Adams who plays Simone. She's in um, Big Daddy. Um, Adam Goldberg plays Mike, the person that yeah. Evan compared himself to earlier. Uh, yeah, you guys. I think you guys both have a little bit of Mike in you. 
Just like I know, that. it's like a little bit. I got like a little like a little sit. Just a little just, bit of like just a little rage against McCarthyism. Um yeah, but yeah, I mean it, it's it's kind of a weird like like it, the, the tipping point for a lot of these people's careers is this movie, but then the people mm-hmm. that you think is the tipping point is just not. Um but yeah, I mean there's I, I was telling Jack earlier like it's a kind of cheesy movie, but I think it's cheesy in a good way. At times, it really is. Also, fun fact on the cast, Renee Zellweger is like an extra in this movie. Really? She Yeah, she's in the background scenes. I think one of the... must be one of the old cheerleaders in one of those early scenes. I couldn't pick her out, but I read online that, yeah, she's in this movie, which is odd. Okay. But Yeah, that's interesting. And um, we forgot to mention Parker Posey, but she's absolutely awesome. She's good mm-hmm. in every other thing that she's been in. Um, so our forwards, I think that it would maybe be Posey. And I was going to say, I guess, is it Michelle? Is it Mike? Is it is it Tony? I don't know. I don't know who our forwards would be in this scenario. I don't It's really so hard. I was thinking about this, and it's so hard to break up. Because it's so weird, too, how some people will be in this movie, like Ben Affleck, and then he's just gone. There's people that are in this movie and then just out. Like the two other little kids with Wiley Wiggins. Like, I mean, I'm not putting them on the team or anything, but they're in the first half of the movie. They have scenes alone without even Mitch Kramer in them. Yeah. They're, they're, just, they're just out of the movie, which kind of does a good job of creating this like high school feel. You know, it's just like a regular night. People come and people go. But if you wrote that down on paper, it doesn't work. Yeah. But it makes uh, Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would go with McConaughey and Affleck for the forwards just because Wooderson is just like he is the culmination of a lot of these just chill factors to this movie. Mm. Like he's everything that you would want in his character. And then O'Banion's the same way. He's just the biggest fucking douche that's ever graced the screen. The worst. Like, yeah. Did you guys have an O'Banion at your school? I didn't. No. I think maybe when I was like a freshman or sophomore, but maybe that's just when you're a freshman or sophomore, older kids seem worse. Like, you know, like the senior, like, dick. But I, no, I don't really think so. No. I feel like that's He's not just really a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It really can't be. Like, no. if there's just, like, one kid that's just going around just being like, Ugh, fuck, like what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Like, no one's going to hang out with him. Yeah. I don't... It is... I just don't understand, like, the attraction of beating younger kids' asses. That was never a thing. Dude, he's, like, horny for it. He is. He's, like, he oh, is. there's... He's, it's like, weird. the guys, there's a guy out back. Let's go, like, spank him a lot. Like, he says fresh meat several times. It reminds me of when I was a pudge uh. with you guys. Oh, yeah. And Ralph would just be like, yo, come in this room, and then he would just spank me a bunch. Yeah. Make me oink. Oh my god, those are the best times of our life, though, dude. Not for you, just for me. I haven't slept in three years. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad we could at least host a podcast together. Yeah. Okay. It is. Um. It is. It does take place in Texas, though. Which is, I was, I watched it with my dad this time, and we were talking about that. It's like maybe the football culture in Texas is so, like, strong that they really do, you know, haze. I don't know. No, you're probably something, right. Something. I mean, it's about. also 1976. I was wondering. Yeah, like, it, right. it aged poorly. Watching it now, it's odd. It's really yeah, weird. this movie gets criticisms for not having enough black people in it, but it's also like Texas in 1976. Not sure how welcoming they were to our, you know, to black people. Like what? What the I don't fuck? Know like, it's yeah. just a huge criticism that like I always see with this movie. Like why aren't there people of different ethnicities in it? I'm like, well, it's fucking Texas in 1976. Like you know they're gonna have a lot more McConaughey's than they are like Sam Jacksons. Um, all right, uh, so. I guess our big, maybe our big is O'Banion, and then our forward is Wooderson, and I guess Mike or Anthony, or maybe Parker Posey. I don't know. We can be flexible there. Um, 
So before we do this one, most valuable scene, I was going to propose a new category. I told Jack about it yesterday on the pod. We are now going to be having a most valuable character award, the MVC. Okay. So I'll give you guys some time to think about it. I just wanted to propose it really quick. Any rejections? No. This is a good movie to bring it in on, too. Because it has I, that I, weird character structure. All right, so our most valuable scene then. Um, if you took a scene away from this movie, which one would bring it down from a 62-win season to a 35-win season? Now, it's tough to like really grab a scene out of this movie. It's more just, like Evan said, a collection of moments. Mm-hmm. If we do have one, though, I think it's it's kind of like what we did with Lady Bird. It's the very beginning. and so I think we did the same. We ended on the same conclusion with Fight Club 2. That very yeah. beginning... When you're just driving around, you have the woman or young woman licking the joint in the car, and then you see, like, um, what's his fucking name? Why can't I think of his name? Uncle Sam on the wall, and they drew the red eyes on him, and Slater is mm. just absolutely fucking chopped at, like, 7.30 a.m. Like, you get a quick introduction into the world that you're yeah. in, right? Like, yeah. there's, yeah. No, there's no hesitation mm. whatsoever. Um, any other scenes that stuck out to you guys? I would kind of hate seeing there, too. Which one? I'd say the McCon- I mean, the McConaughey scenes are pretty valuable. Like, at least that sequence yeah, that yeah. he's like featured predominantly in, where they're at like the arcade. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. just like he's just like hovering around there, like influencing <laughs> everybody's decisions. Everybody's trying to look good for. How old is he in this movie? I think he's supposed to be like twenty. <laughs> dude, least. I, I don't think so I mean, because there's there's a cop that comes up at the end that arrests them and they like. He's like makes a jab like what you mad I made all state and you didn't. That implies that him oh and the cop God. played football at the same time. Yeah. So I think he might be like twenty eight. <laughs> like he's I was so always old. thinking like like early twenties, but that that's possible. Should be. I did too. Weird. I thought he was like twenty three, maybe like maybe me, which is, is still weird. It is like oh small town God. Texas. They probably have young cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just so funny to think about like like it's like it's like Evan pulling up to his high school. And hanging out with those kids, and then like being excited about the freshmen, <laughs> like yeah, that is so creepy. So creepy. Um, I throw the. You probably have a pretty good. I want that. Go ahead, Evan. I throw the final scene on there too. I love the football scene, and then the way they just end them driving the car. I think it's the perfect ending to that movie. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say. That's another well, yeah. scene for me. And all right, so let's go into most valuable character then. Um, I don't have any propositions for a single character. I think that for this one, it would actually be the soundtrack. So it's weird yeah. that we're introducing it on here, but oh, I watched yeah. this movie and I'm driving with my girlfriend yesterday. I'm like, we're listening to Foghat right now, like whether you mm-hmm. like it or not. Like, we're going to listen to some Zeppelin. Yeah. And this movie, like, I mean, obviously it has an iconic soundtrack. Everybody knows that, but holy shit, dude. Like, it is just so. <laughs> It's so priceless. Like I can't believe that it's a low budget movie. I don't know how they got all these songs. Me like, they must have sold an arm and a leg for them. That might be why it's all unknown actors and actresses because like they spent all their money on the soundtrack. Not even joking. Yeah, it's insane. My one thing is though is they don't play "Dazed and Confused" by Led Zeppelin. They don't. Which is maybe they couldn't get the rights. I don't know. That's a weird like nitpick for me. Hmm. All right, who's your uh, most valuable character? Um, I would I would say Wooderson, and my like my explanation is I recently uh, listened to his book on audio tape, the Green Lights book, and the story. This is his first part in a movie ever. He had done like a commercial before this, and the story of how he got it was so cool. He was in a bar, he was getting drunk, and some the bartender says, "Hey, that's that's a casting 
director over there you should go talk to him and they end up getting drunk together and they're smoking a joint at 3 a.m and the casting director says hey show up here tomorrow and there will be a script with your name on it and he had like one line in the movie and they liked him so much that he got put into all these scenes and that just makes him so valuable valuable to me because it's matthew mcconaughey's part if if he it had been anyone else wooderson would have been a one-line character and this movie would be completely different so the fact that mcconaughey showed up ad-libbed you know all right all right all right and all these other lines got put in the football stadium scene at the end that just changes the whole movie to me so i definitely got to give it to wooderson just goes to show you're only one trip to the bar away from being a movie star jack Mm -hmm. that's true you're right there dude all right, all right, all right. There's casting directors all around Iowa City. Go to go to George's and pick up a uh, pick up a drink for some random person. Hope that they're a casting director. <laughs> I want to be cast in like a low budget indie horror film. <laughs> <laughs> you just have one scream. Yeah, where they it's like a movie where it's like a deranged old scientist that like folds me into my own asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, Evan, you're you're totally right though because. I think the reason this movie has legs and the reason we're talking about it almost 30 years later is it's McConaughey's performance. Like, he really, mm-hmm. like, without him, you're right, he's the most valuable character. He This movie is, like, a 73-win movie, and without him, it might be, like, it's still a good movie, but it doesn't have yeah. near the value that it does, especially in, like, the modern no culture. Way. Like, I mean, you get Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you get Super Bad. Every single one of these movies mm-hmm. is directly influenced by Days, whether they will admit it or not. I think that they would admit it, though. Yeah. Um, most underrated performance. I had Adam Goldberg as Mike, so he is the guy that uh, punches the dude and is always talking about neopolitics and all that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's funny. He's a good dude. I like him. I like seeing him in other things. Can't like really recollect on what else he's been in. We can pull up his IMDb. Saving, yeah, he, Saving he's Private Ryan is the big one. Oh, yeah, he is a Saving Private Ryan. That, yeah, yeah, that's like his other big movie. Um, which kind of shows he has acting chops too. Like he got rehired, unlike so many of these other people. He's in the Taken TV series and the Equalizer watched? TV series. Mm. He's in the Jim Gaffigan show. Was a Taken that was supposed TV to be good. series. Fargo the TV series. Damn, Goldberg's got it going on, dog. Uh, yeah, that's what's up. Um, most overrated performance. You were uh, gonna say? I think this is the first most overrated performance we've had. Wiley Wiggins. It's got to be. He's he's a bad actor. I'm sorry, Wiley, if you're listening. That scene where he's outside of the um, like pool hall or whatever it is, and he's talking to the girl his age, he keeps like doing the same. He goes like this. He like rubs his nose like ten times. That scene's like, oh my god. Maybe he has allergies, dude. It's spring. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Venturing in the summer. I like his character, and I actually don't mind him in this movie. But he's 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 got it. he's not he doesn't have it. Got great hair, and I think he's pretty mm-hmm. charming. So I don't know. Yes. I don't, I don't hate him, but... Dude, I, he's fucking throwing gas, too. He, yeah, he throws heat. He is. He is. No, I don't hate him in this movie. I'm just saying, like, objectively, he's not a great actor. And once again, you kind of look like him. Like, another guy in a movie that Evan kind of looks like. They call him yeah, sicko, he's, bro. He's pumping gas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, in the top five quotes, I didn't have a lot of them. I didn't... I don't know. I just I I don't know how infinitely quotable this movie is. Obviously, there's the ones that stick out like all right, all right, all right. Just got to keep living, L I V I N, all that kind of stuff. But um, the first twenty minutes for Don, particularly his hallway into classroom tongue work, is some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. So Don is the guy that's wearing overalls in the beginning. He kind of looks like 
a sheep herder or something like that. He's the weirdest face. He looks like he's 40. <laughs> he's super ripped. <laughs> he definitely plays middle linebacker for the football team. And he just does this stuff where, like, he's standing in the hallway or maybe he's sitting in the classroom and Slater comes up to him and they will just throw their tongues at each other and they're like, ah! it's like some devil shit. And then they go to a different classroom and Floyd goes into study hall or whatever it is. And he's flirting on the teacher and he looks into a girl in the classroom. He's like, let's skip. Come on. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> it's, it's just stupid little stuff like that. Yeah, like, nom, nom. Really reels me in. All right. Other quotes. <laughs> I just yeah, looked at Jack. Of we made like one. passionate eye contact. Uh, I've got uh, a couple other ones. Uh, I've got two more, and then you can go ahead, Evan. Um, All right. So the entire Parker Posey introduction, my favorite line of hers is, wipe that face off your head, bitch. The fucking go. Great insult. And then um, I don't remember this guy's name, but he's the guy who kicks uh, Mike's ass. He said, I only came here to do two things, kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like Mm -hmm. we're almost out of beer. Just that kind of (laughs) cheesy stuff. Like That's the perfect amount of cheese. Like it's a Philly yeah, cheese steak, and, th- and they're infiltrating it very well. Jack, do you have any before I dive into some of these? You dive in. All right. One off the top that I love that cracks me up every time is when Mitch and them are trying to get out of class earlier, and they ask their teacher if they can leave, and he goes, Men, it's like our sergeant told us before a trip into the jungle. 50 of you are leaving on a mission. 25 of you ain't coming back. And <laughs> that always cracks me up. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, that teacher deserved more screen time. That teacher he was did. awesome. He's great. That's such That's a funny a fire like, line, line. Dude, to tell to some middle school kids. Um, a kind of serious one that Cynthia says, which is the redhead, sort of geeky girl, is I'd like to stop thinking of the president as some minor, insignificant preamble to something else, which is a really great line. Um, and let's see. You said some of my better ones. Um, be a lot cooler if you did. That's a great <laughs> one. <laughs> and lastly, I love when Slater's talking about uh, Martha Washington. And he says, she was a hip, hip lady, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had a bowl ready to get toked right when George walked in the door. <laughs> that's mine. That's yeah, my favorite that's a line. great one. <laughs> I knew it was. <laughs> all right, the goat all section. Right, so right, Evans, right. Evans already decided that this is the goat high school movie. I would still argue for... Uh, for Lady Bird, but you know what? Evan can have this one. I'll give it to you, Evan. Yeah. Um, any other man. goats? The Goat Texas movie. I mean, there's There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men out there. It's pretty tough. Uh, the, all right, so this is one of those movies. Richard Linklater is like obsessed with time. So, like, before midnight, before sunrise, all those movies are taking place over the course of like one evening. This is another movie mm-hmm. that takes a course, you know, one day and one night. Um, last day yeah. of school. Best movie revolving around school, or also the best movie that takes place in one day and one night. Any uh, rejections? Because I mean, school you could go Ferris Bueller, and I love Ferris Bueller, but I think I yeah, prefer this movie a I little bit more. Um, and then I as far as Ferris one day, Bueller. one night movies, one day and one night movies, there's a lot of them, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, that's hard. To it's legend. Yeah, it's legendary for that because like you never really realize it until you're like at the end of it, and it's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. the next morning. Now we're out of here. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, the TBE section. Is this anybody's their best ever? I know it's a lot of people's. It's definitely Mitch Kramer's and Randall Floyd's. Yeah. Wiley Wiggins. It's kind of sad how many people <laughs> it is. It is kind of sad. Is it Richard Linklater's best? I haven't seen enough of his movies, honestly, to, like... Okay. Did he direct Boyhood? Yeah. 
I feel like most people would say that's his best. I I I I just have such a like personal love for this movie. I'm not gonna go out and say that it's his best ever, but personally, it's my favorite. But Boyhood, I mean, didn't that win Best Picture. I don't know. I I actually haven't seen Boyhood. I'm kind of like skeptical just because I know like the premise, like they filmed over like 20 years or whatever. Love Ethan Hawke, but um, I don't know. I'll definitely watch it at some point. I know it's kind of long, but I don't know. I think that this one is just, it's so fucking culturally available and people just dip into it all the time that I don't know. I think this has to be it, dude. Like it's like along Mm -hmm. like the same lines as like Toy Story. Like people fucking, this is a cult movie that went entirely mainstream for a good reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, no, I agree with that. So TBE, uh, probably not McConaughey's. Definitely, definitely not Affleck's. With without what's Affleck's? Is it Argo? You big Argo guy? <laughs> Batfleck? Um, is Batfleck his best? I'm yeah. trying to think of Ben Affleck movies. It's so hard. I mean, Good Will Hunting. Um, I uh, don't think it's the worst thing ever. Dunkin' Donuts. His memes are pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, Argo's fine. I think I watched it in eighth grade. I don't really remember it. What about the town? The, dude, the town's fire. Ooh, town is a banger. That, that could be that could be a goat for Batfleck. I think that's Batfleck. his best ever. That might be his best ever. Oh, you call him Batfleck? Did I instill yeah. that into your mind? Yeah. He's Mar- permanent. Jack, Batfleck aren't you a big Batfleck fan? Didn't we talk about this recently? I think he's. I I, did, I like Batman vs Superman. No, it's Jack's favorite character of all time. It's number one is. Batfleck, and number two is Cliff Booth, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And number three is uh the narrator in Fight Club. Those are the people. Three Rog people number runs. two is George Clooney, okay. Batman. George George oh. Clooney, Batman. Oh, Ralph, didn't you say you love Gone Girl? I do love Gone Girl. That could be a goat, Affleck. Uh, who doesn't love Gone Girl? That movie's the fucking shit. Is that already streaming? Yeah. I need to watch that. It's not. I had to rent it. I showed it it's to really good a couple months ago. Um, Boo. All right, could Leo have done it better? So what role are we – I mean, we can't we can't pull anybody out, but we're casting Leo here. What kind of vibe does Leo got in this movie, Jack? When we cast Leo as a high schooler, it would be a perfect time for him. Who is he? Is he like the um, – is he like Kyle from Lady Bird perhaps, or is he more along the lines of like Michael Cera and Superbad? They should cast him as like a nerd in the band, something <laughs> like that. Just make him like do something where he can't be hot. I think this movie needs one like gay guy, and I think that he might be pretty good at that. Hmm. It's a very heterosexual movie. I mean, yeah. once again, nineteen seventy six Texas, but I think there's got to be one like we gotta have one gay dude in the mix just to like I don't know. I mean, like what's add some <laughs> relevance? Yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, also like yeah. there's this whole thing like where they'll pull up next to each other on the road. And it's kind of yeah. awkward when the guys and girls are next to each other. Like, it's like when he goes and gives them the beer, when they, like, follow them into beating those freshmen's asses, and Don gives up all the girls a beer and like, the drop top. Like, it's just kind of awkward. And I guess it that's is. okay because it's supposed to be because it's high school or whatever, and they're all really horny and they don't know how to express it. And Don just sticks his tongue out in order to express it. Yeah. But I think if there's one gay guy in the mix, like, he's going to be, like, the bond in between them. Yeah. I'm down with that. We could replace the one character, Tony, who, like, falls in love with a freshman. Uh-uh. Grader. Tony's the man. Are, I, di- I disagree. I disagree. Dude, he's like, oh, dude, that, that storyline might be the creepiest one of all. Out of all the politically incorrect, it is pretty weird creepy. shit they do, that one's odd, man. 
It's is creepy, he, but he's also he's really sweet. Like he's not like taking advantage of her. I don't think. Uh, maybe he is. Maybe he has some uh, underlying uh, motives. Maybe he has some underlying uh, motives. But like that's so weird, though. Like just that age dude, gap she is, is so. She graduated eighth grade today. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, in the movie, she it's was a just taking the bus. She looks like she's you know sixteen or seventeen. But like, dude, if you're thinking of this as like real life, she graduated eighth grade today. That's crazy. okay. But is that weirder than Cynthia and Wooderson? Because Cynthia is gonna be a senior in high school. She's gonna be eighteen, and Wooderson's forty-two. So, <laughs> <laughs> way bigger gap in age. Like at least like I knew Honestly, I knew people that like were senior and freshmen that dated in my high school and it was pretty weird. It's weird every it single weird. time. It's, it's without weird. failure. It's, so it's always <laughs> it's always fucking weird, dude. It's every really time it's like why? Weird. Like it's what if I told you it was me? Okay. What if I told you it was me? Especially no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Me. Especially when don't. it's like especially saying. if it's like a senior girl and a freshman dude because it's like why would you want to date a freshman a 13 a but 14 it, year old boy when you're like 18 but like, if you're boys with a freshman dude colleges. you're like holy shit like my boy's the shit what you gonna he's i've so, never I, seen that happen like, my guy pumps yeah it's usually the guy's older one than the yeah guy. and it's always fucking weird are you saying tony's it's, grooming it's, it's so woman? creepy Someone yeah Sabrina? for sure okay. dude yeah i don't know that does not age well. That age is worse than the hazing, like all the hazing stuff. Like that's weird enough, but the Tony, oh, I don't know. Dude. I don't know. I think Wooderson buying we'll a bunch it. of booze for sixteen-year-old chicks is a little bit worse. You're right. You're right. That's <laughs> okay. That's oh. really weird too. Real, real quick. How is Mitch Kramer passing for eighteen? Like he's like, that's I work like the, for the city. That is maybe like the biggest fault in this movie. Like, there's no way I that kid is like, getting booze. I think it was kind of like, like a wink, wink kind of situation. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to be like a kind of situation. Yeah, the guy's like, "Are you 18?" Mm. Eh. Uh huh. Because then he right. says the same line that Woodison says earlier in the movie. You know who like, I do Woodison, really like? Yeah. I really like the guy that looks like a lizard. I can never remember his name, but he's a stoner. He's the drug dealer whose house that they go to. He's supposed to throw the party around. Oh, yeah. Pickford? Pickford. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Pickford in this movie. He's got, like, a real snake look to him. Me too. I wish he had a little more time. I like Pickford's girlfriend a lot, too. I wish she had more, like, time in this movie. Why do you... I don't even remember her. I just remember her sitting on, like, on his back, like... Like she sings like the hair. really depressing song. On oh. she's playing the guitar and singing the song, and like it's like really weird. Yeah, I and Slater's like hour six into his LSD trip, like, and he's just yeah. like, yeah, man. We haven't said man it's enough like, on this podcast. We need to be changing our lingo for these pods, dude. Right, so man. I watched this with my dad for the first time on Saturday. Who was born in 1960, the same year as Richard Linklater. Um, so this is like right up his alley, and one thing after the movie he was like yeah some of that's like high school the one thing i remember is people did say man a lot mm-hmm. and i was like oh all right that's fair sounds good man that's fair yeah. all right uh any would you rather you got to be able to dig some up a would you rather yeah you remember this segment on the podcast jack Je- evan do you fill these out because jack just doesn't fill these out i don't fill them out either i gotta be honest you guys fucking i'm putting some me. i'm thinking right now though i put in so much work for you guys and just kidding, dedicated art. listener. I spend <laughs> lots of time preparing for this podcast just for you. That's what I want to hear. You know me. Like I'm, I'm very selfish, and I want to make sure that what I'm doing for my people is being returned for me. And uh, you know what? Maybe oh, I just won't. Maybe I won't do it anymore. We'll see how you guys shape up, huh? We'll see how you naughty brats turn out. You'll turn out like Wooderson. Right. You'll be 35 years old hanging out with 16 year old <laughs> girls without me. 
<laughs> fucking loose. Um, all right, would you oh, rather? Right, right, I didn't right, prepare right. any would you rathers either, so I'm being a total hypocrite. Oh, but I did oh have a spinoff God. idea. I did have a spinoff idea. Me too. All right, no would you rathers, then we'll just skip it. Go into spinoff ideas. If you have a would you rather, we'll come back to it, Evan. Right. Spinoff idea. We're following Wooderson in his high school days. I want to see what he's like from freshman to senior year. We're going to go four-hour TV show, one hour each each episode, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior of Wooderson. I want to see the progression because I know he started out as a nerd and he evolved into the super cool dude after smoking dope for three months straight. Dude, I'm so down. Only if they do it with the structure of True Detective and he has that same long, greasy hair. He's being, like, deposed in, like, a detective, like, room. And he's just going on and on about his high school flashbacks while he's, like, chain smoking. He's like, yeah, 1948. I was the star quarterback. That would be great. Is Dazed a prequel to True Detective? Is Wooderson <laughs> Rust Cole? Does yes. he become Rust Cole? Rust That's was born deep. in Texas. He was. Wow, we're digging oh into some God. stuff here, man. Wooderson, he, he turned out wrong, this bro. Movie. Yeah, he went he went out He's bad. Just there bro. To... All right, what's your He's spinoff? There to bust Tony. Um, mine follows the guy who gets his mailbox destroyed, <laughs> and it's a Ray Donovan esque show where he investigates and takes care of like small neighborhood crimes. <laughs> Uh, that is performance art. Good job. You wouldn't have come be back so to type great. it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what about you, Evan? Any spin-offs or was you rathers or are you just you're not as I funny? I feel like as you us? should have one. <laughs> I feel like I should have one now. But those were too good. I don't think I have one. That was great. I guess we could follow Mitch Kramer as he yeah, pumps gas in his <laughs> late fifties. <laughs> Damn. That's all I got. Damn, you think that's Mitch's destiny? Gas uh, pumping. Or no. That's all he does, no. bro. <laughs> He'll work for the city. Keep some okay. money in his nah, pocket. He's Tim Lincecum. All right. All right. Well, this has been Running Back Days and Confused Edition. We appreciate you guys for listening. Next week, we're back. Oh, I don't know what what we're back Isn't with. Isn't it Lebowski? Week. It is. It's the big Lebowski back to back Sterner movie. So if this is the greatest pop movie of all time, it's definitely for the GOAT section for sure. Um, Lebowski's right up there. So we're going to be talking about the two dude next week's. I've never seen Big it. Big cult classics. Ooh, you haven't seen it? No. Damn. I'm excited for you. So I'm you won't be running it back. I'm running it. You're just going to be running it. Yes, sir. Running it. Run it forward. All right, Run thank it. you guys for listening. We Run appreciate it. For Evan Northrop and Jack <laughs> Martin, I'm Ralph Campiano signing off. Peace out. <laughs>